today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. The enemy is all too ready and capable and sadly oftentimes successful in getting us to remember the sins of our past and he continues to rub our face in it. Remember when you did that? Remember that? Yeah. No. Do not remember the former things. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Isaiah. While God wants us to remember His goodness towards us, the enemy seeks to torment us by drawing our memory back to our failures. Today, Pastor J.D. challenges us to focus on God's deeds rather than our own. Because all too often, we forget about God's gracious miracles and instead ruminate on our own sin. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's broadcast to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth in Isaiah chapter 43. Do not be afraid. This is a command to be obeyed. Do not fear. And again, we're told the reason why is because He is with us. We are never alone. If we're in Christ, we are never alone. He will never leave us, never forsake us. Oh, that's not to say that there aren't those times when it just seems like He's distant. He's not. How about those times when you pray and it seems like your prayers are bouncing off the ceiling? They're not. How about those times when it just seems like God is just not hearing and moving and answering and revealing Himself to you as He once did? Doesn't mean He's not there. Sometimes God will remain silent, but it is in that silence that He speaks the loudest in those times. Verse 8, bring out, this is, again you'll forgive me for seeing the humor in this, but bring out the blind people who have eyes. (laughs) And that, don't, just wait, don't start without me on this. and the deaf who have ears. Let all the nations, verse 9, be gathered together, and let the people be assembled. Who among them can declare this and show us former things? Let them bring out their witnesses that they may be justified, or let them hear and say, it is the truth. Okay, here's where the humor comes in. So God is challenging the nations to come together and prove Him wrong. Bring in your witnesses to testify. Bring in the blind who have eyes and the deaf who have ears and let them say what they heard. Oh wait, they're deaf. They can't hear. Oh, okay. Let them witness and testify what they saw, what they were an eyewitness. Oh, wait. They 
are blind. Again, you'll forgive me for the, the humor, but this is God challenging them, these nations who worship these gods who are blind, these gods who are deaf. We're going to see this again. Let them, he's challenging them, let them, let them bear witness. Go ahead, go ahead. I dare you. Prove me wrong. Go ahead and and you tell me and you testify under oath. And uh, let's hear what you have to say. You cannot. You cannot. Verse 10. You are my witnesses, says the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me, and understand that I am He. Before me there was no God formed, nor shall there be after me. I, even I, verse 11, am the Lord, and besides me there is no Savior. This is reminiscent of what we read throughout the Old Testament, particularly in the Exodus, when God would command Moses to have Aaron speak to the people and say to them, I am the Lord that delivered you out of Egypt, out of slavery. I am the Lord your God. (laughs) The emphasis again being on, I am the Lord your God. Why would God have to emphasize that He is the Lord? Hear, O Israel, the Lord is one God, the Lord your God. I am the Lord your God. Because apparently, after He got the Israelites out of Egypt, He had to get the Egypt out of the Israelites. Because what had happened was, when they were in Egypt, they learned about all of these other gods that Egypt had. And oh, by the way, Egypt had no shortage of gods. They had plenty gods. They had over 3,000 gods. In fact, the ten plagues were against every single one of those gods that the Egyptians worshipped. They worshipped the Nile. They saw the Nile as a god. They worshipped, get this, I know this is humorous, but they worshipped frogs. Not farogs, frogs. And it was kind of like God said, you like frogs, do you? You think those frogs are gods? (laughs) I am the Lord God, watch me now. And every single one of those plagues was against one of their gods that they worshipped. And then they get out of Egypt and 
Moses is on Mount Sinai and apparently he's taking too long. And so they kind of gave up on him. So they say to Aaron, Moses' older brother, hey, it doesn't look like your brother's coming back. We need a new God. We're in the market for a new God because apparently he's not coming back. And so they pressured him and he caved in and acquiesced to that pressure and took all their gold and made a golden calf. Where did he get that idea? Oh, because in Egypt they worship cows. And he got that idea, as did the Israelites from Egypt. And then after he's done making this golden calf, if you can imagine this, he stands up and declares, Behold, this is the Lord your God that delivered you out of Egypt. No! It's kind of humorous, his uh, explanation when Moses does return. And Aaron just basically says, this is a very loose paraphrase of the text, but he says, you know, brother, I... (laughs) I'm so sorry. I don't know what happened. I just, all of it, you know, we put this gold in the fire and then out, poof, came out this golden calf. Everybody started, you know, dancing and doing, you know, horrible things and worshiping this. Yeah, nice try. Nice try. That's not your God, Israel. I, even I, am the Lord your God. That's why there is this emphasis on I am the Lord your God, and besides me there is no Savior. That golden calf didn't save you out of slavery in Egypt. I saved you. I am the Lord your God. I, verse 12, have declared and saved. I have proclaimed. And there was no foreign God among you, Therefore, you are my witnesses. You're the ones that testify, says the Lord, that I am God. Indeed, verse 13, before the day was, I am He. By the time this Bible study is over, you're going to have I (laughs) drilled in and burnt indelibly into your mind and heart, and rightfully so. That's a good thing. Indeed, verse 13, before the day was, I am He, and there is no one who can deliver out of my hand. I work, and question, who will reverse it? You know, when you were in school, and you were in class, and the teacher would ask a question, and you knew the answer, and then you would raise your hand, oh, I know the answer. I I can do that here. I know the answer to this question. Who will reverse it? No one. (laughs) Right answer. Again, you'll forgive my humor. I know they have clinical terms for my condition, but that's the right answer. Right? Who's going to reverse it? 
God did it. Are you going to reverse it? Nope. Not me. How about you? No. (laughs) No one can reverse anything that God does. Thus says the Lord, verse 14, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, for your sake I will send to Babylon and bring them all down as fugitives. The Chaldeans who rejoice in their ships. I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. Thus says the Lord, verse 16, who makes a way in the sea and a path through the mighty waters, who brings forth the chariot and horse, the army and the They shall lie down together. They shall not rise. They are extinguished. They are quenched like a wick. Whoa. (laughs) What is this about? Well, this is a prophecy. Isaiah is prophesying about the yet future conquering of Judah and coming 70 year exile of Judah by the Babylonians, and God's ensuing judgment on the Babylonians. And this is yet future, and we're going to see another very profound prophecy here at the end of the chapter. Verse 18, do not remember the former things. I want you to hang on to that, because we're going to come back to that in a moment. Nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The beast of the field, verse 20, will honor me. The jackals and the ostriches, because I give waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen. This people I have formed for myself. They shall declare my praise. Let's talk about this do not remember. Because there's a contrast here. It's actually a striking contrast that's woven into the fabric of these verses having to do with God wanting them to only remember what God did in the past, as opposed to their sins of the past. Now stay with me on this. This is very important because the enemy is all too ready and capable and sadly oftentimes successful in getting us to remember the sins of our past. And he continues to rub our face in it. Remember when you did that? Ah. Remember that? Yeah. No, do not remember the former things nor consider the things of all. Well, wait a minute, because how many times has God said, remember? And now here He's saying, do not remember? Yes. Well, which is it? Remember or do not remember? No, it's both. (laughs) Which is it? Do not remember or remember? Answer, yes. Both. 
What do you mean? Oh, do not remember the sins of the past because I've forgiven you. I've redeemed you. But there is something I do want you to remember. I want you to remember all that I did for you in the past. Remember? Remember that time when you were in the desert and there was no water to drink? Yeah, I know, you were murmuring, complaining, and blaming me for bringing you all the way out there because there weren't enough graves in Egypt that we had to bring you out here to kill you. Yeah, I mean, I remember that. I don't want you to remember that. What I, here's what I do want you to remember. I want you to remember when I provided water for you, miraculously, when you were in the desert. In fact, you remember that, that time when I had Moses strike the rock? He did it twice, actually. He was supposed to speak to it the second time, but that's another story for another time. But remember that day? Yeah, oh man, we were so thirsty. Remember, he, he struck the rock and water just flowed out and quenched your thirst. Yeah, I do remember that. I do remember that. Oh, how about, how about that time when you're so thirsty, and there you are, and you come to this place where there's water, and you start to drink, and it was like, you spit it out. Why? Because it was bitter. And then you got bitter at me and Moses too. Because here you're so thirsty, and you can't drink the water. Here's this water, but the water's bitter. Remember, remember what I did? Yeah, I had Moses take wood, a picture of the cross, and put it into that bitter water, and it made it sweet. Picture of salvation. And then you drank from that water, and your thirst was satiated. You remember that? Yeah, that's right. You turned that bitter water into sweet water to quench our thirst. That's what He wants us to remember. He wants us to remember what He did, the good that He did, despite the bad that we did. Verse 22, But you have not called upon me, O Jacob. And this is interesting, you have been weary of me. O Israel, you have not brought me the sheep for your burnt offerings, nor have you honored me with your sacrifices. I have not caused you to serve with grain offerings, nor wearied you with incense. You, verse 24, have bought me no sweet cane with money, nor have you satisfied me with the fat of your sacrifices, but you have burdened me with your sins. How about that? (laughs) You have wearied me with your iniquities. How about that? You, You think that you're weary of me, tired of me? It's actually the other way around. I'm weary from you. I mean, this is hard to read especially when you realize that it's talking about you. Come on, let's be honest. We all have this 
propensity to not call upon the Lord in our growing weary of the Lord. You'll forgive me for picking on the Israelites. I know oftentimes we're too hard on the Israelites, when if we were there we would have done the same thing, if not worse. Remember how they had grown tired and weary and bored with the manna every single day? What's for lunch today? Manna. Again? Again? We had manna yesterday. We're having manna today. Yeah, you're going to have it tomorrow and the next day 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 and the next day. Manna. There's only so much you can do with manna. I love how Bible teachers have, you know, had some fun with this. I might as well be one of them. You got manicotti, mana burgers, you know, you got, you, you can only do so much. You get, you know, let's try, let's try a new recipe. It's still manna. And they had just grown weary. And, <laughs> and this, here, the Lord's the one who's growing weary of them. I mean, have you ever think about it like that? I wonder sometimes, oh, how we grieve the heart of God in our defiance and disobedience and obstinance and stubbornness. I know you know nothing of what I speak of. I'll speak for myself. I know how we grieve the heart of God. God loves us so much and He provides for us our every need. And then we complain and we're so ungrateful. That was today in my prayer time with the Lord throughout the day. I just, I found myself asking Him to forgive me for not being grateful for all that He's done and all that He's provided. I mean, little things too. I'm not talking about the big things. Of course, we're always grateful for the big things. I think about the other nine. You know who I'm talking about? Jesus heals ten lepers, and only one comes back and thanks Him and expresses gratitude to Him. Don't you find it interesting that God would deem it necessary to include that account in the pages of Holy Writ, that it would rise to the level of importance to have it included in Scripture? There must be a reason for that. There is. God takes notice. A heart of gratitude, an attitude of gratitude. When was the last time you just, instead of in your prayer time, instead of just grocery listing, you know, Lord, I this and this, that, there's nothing wrong. There's different kinds of prayer. Sometimes it's a petition. I mean, you're bringing that prayer list to Him, and you're petitioning the throne. But how about the last time in your prayer time when you just said, Lord, I just want to thank you. And you pull up a different list. I want to thank you for this. Oh, and this. Oh, and that. Oh, and this. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh, Lord. Thank you so, so, so much. Don't think for a second that the Lord is not blessed by that. 
You know, we always talk about, even say and pray, Lord, bless me, bless them, bless this, bless that. When was the last time you prayed this? Lord, I want to bless you. Lord, bless you, praise you, thank you. You've been listening to another edition of In Spirit and Truth. Thanks for tuning in to study the Word of God. As you continue to learn from Isaiah with Pastor J.D., make sure to really think about what you're hearing and what God wants to speak to you today through Scripture. We encourage you to keep reading on your own. If you're not already part of a local church that you call home, we encourage you to find one and attend regularly to grow in relationship with God and others. And if you're in or near the Kaneohe area, come visit us. You'll find all the information you need, including service times and directions to Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on our website, calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're there, you can also access more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings like you heard today, including his weekly prophecy updates. In addition to that, you may be interested in the ABCs of Salvation under the Resources tab. This is a simple guide to sharing the good news of salvation in Jesus. As we continue to learn from the book of Isaiah together, we'd be honored to pray for you during this study. Would you let us know what those prayer requests might be? Just fill out the contact form under the About tab at calvarychapelkaneohe.com or come find us on social media. There's a link to our Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook pages on our website. We encourage you to follow them so you can stay up to date with all that's happening at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe and In Spirit and Truth. That's all we have time for today, but thanks for listening to In Spirit and Truth. Keeping me right with the old way.